Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Detroit Sports Sit Down. My name is Tom Murphy Jr. And as always, I'm here with Joel Perry and Dan Murphy. And holy smokes, the NFL did what it does. The NFL is 24 7, 365. And they proved that today with the news. A lot of news, a lot of news today, a lot of things to talk about. But the first one, and I, fellas, let's just get right into it. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff today, but let's start off with this guy that we just can't get rid of. We really thought this dude might go out west and just be out of our lives forever. But guess what? Aaron Effin Rogers. Signs a contract today, four years, $50 million per. But the guy comes out and tweets himself, yes, I'm, I'm coming back for the Packers, but what I, I didn't sign, what I did sign, what were the details already, right, blah, blah, blah. Dan, I'm going to start with you. And, oh, my God, how annoyed are you at Aaron Rodgers? I'm just sick of him, man. It's just I've said it. I've said it before on the podcast. Like it's, it's just a brick wall that the Lions can't get through. They they're never going to win the division, man. It's always the Packers. It's always a star quarterback that's going to be in their way. And I mean, not that the Lions are like close to winning the division, but I mean, just the hope that maybe like they can put it all together and have this magical run. There's that brick wall waiting there, named Aaron Rodgers. And just, even if the Lions had a really good season out of nowhere, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to be waiting there. To just stick the sword in their back like he always does and now we got another four years of that brick wall just standing there it's like you're a whole because you're not really like it's not like jordan love is like this great prospect that everybody's talking about oh as soon as he takes over he's just gonna run it just like he did rogers in uh in Favre. no one's talking like that yeah. so you're just like man if rogers can go away if he can go to denver or go to some team in the afc holy cow everything opens up all of a sudden you know like the Lions even have a chance, even with we we'll see what they do in the draft, see what they do in free agency. But you, you have hope. You have hope that maybe there's a chance to win the division in the next couple of years. But with Aaron Rodgers standing there, it yeah, kind of takes away the, any of that hope. With him being yeah. 38, though, do you see him tearing it up for the next four years? I mean, I kind of thought that was a little bit long of contract. I know in recent history, you know, Brady played till he was 44, but, you know, that's a rarity for someone to play that long. So I was surprised that the, it was that long of a contract. I thought maybe three years, give him an extra year because he's Rodgers, but I feel like they gave him two extra three years at $50 million or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And, and I agree Joe, with that, Joe. Like, yeah. there's, I, I was expecting like a one and one, like, you know, another year and then an option, an option year after that. But to see him get four years was pretty surprising because there was talk that he was even – thinking contemplating retirement yeah so the fact that he, it's another yeah. four years is uh is pretty surprising that's crazy now joe how diva ish is it for aaron Rodgers to do what he did and what he's doing like he strings the packers along all off season and then when the news breaks about the signing and the deal what does Aaron Rodgers do he goes out and tweets that hey the reports are inaccurate you know what I signed isn't true like that so you the narrative just keeps going and he didn't put that out right away because pretty much like an hour after news broke that Rodgers is signing news broke that 
Russell Wilson got traded to Denver. And then a good 45 minutes later, so I, I don't know the exact timeline, but everything happened so fast. Aaron Rodgers comes out with his own tweet saying, hey, everybody, some of these things are inaccurate. I am signing with the Packers, or I am going to play with the Packers next year, but things are inaccurate. How deep is, just, is that with Aaron Rodgers? And just what is it about this guy? Like, He's definitely a diva, and he definitely played at the Packers to get, I feel like, two extra years because you probably would only really sign up for a couple years, maybe, like I said, push that third year. But he definitely is a diva and definitely played the Packers like, oh, I don't want to play, I don't want to play, so he would get the contract. Or I want to get tra- – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to force a trade yeah. or, you know, this, this or that. Yeah. Like, you know, like – He played him The thing about sure. Rodgers, though, like – because he is. And the thing about me with Rodgers is I like the dude. I actually like him. I, a, he's a great football player. B, he's a pretty funny dude. Those State Farm commercials are funny. He did really well on Jeopardy, I thought, when he was hosting Jeopardy. I like I genuinely like the dude in like real life or whatever. But damn, as a football player... And as a thorn in the side of the Lions, I was really, really hoping that he was gone. Leave the North and let the chips fall where they may with Rodgers being gone. So it's, for me, it's a little, it's a little frustrating. It is. So I don't think that he should get as hard a time as he does get for doing what he's doing. But on the other side of it, man, like, God, like, he doesn't look great in in this situation, you know? And especially sitting behind Brett Favre for three years and having to watch what Brett Favre did, stringing the Packers along for all that he did. Don't you think that Aaron Rodgers were to learn from that? You know? So, I, I don't know. I don't know, you guys. Dan... Really with Aaron Rodgers, do you think he's a bad guy? Do you think he's a diva? Do you think he's just money hungry? Or what is it about this dude and him in can you get inside the mind of Aaron Rodgers, Dan? Well, and, I think it's I think it's, I think it's all, all of the above you, all of the above that you just threw out there. I think it's all of them. I, I also think he has legitimate beef with the Packers and how they've addressed getting more weapons for him. I mean, they drafted a quarterback in the first round. To replace him when yeah. he still had obviously they traded say, up to, to trade a quarterback who they're I, they're not even going to use now if 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 it's true yeah. that Rogers signed four years and he's going to play another four years they're never going to use Jordan Love for the entire rookie contract clearly they're going like to have to trade him. T Higgins could have been their number two T Higgins number two wide yeah. receiver yeah yeah they could have had T Higgins Devontae Adams and T Higgins T Higgins instead you got a backup quarterback. So I get I get Rogers' frustrations with the franchise, I get that. But he's also your you threw it out. He's a diva. He's a he's a guy that a lot of people hate. He's I mean been ostracized from his own family. I mean, so where there's smoke, there's fire with all those things, right? So I don't think he's necessarily a great guy. I think he probably rubs a lot of people the wrong way. But does he also have a beef on his own end with the franchise? Absolutely. So I think it's it's a thing on both ends. But at the end of the day, he's coming back to Green Bay. Uh, you know unfortunately for all us Lions fans he's going to be back at Green Bay and even more is just as importantly he's going to have Devontae Adams back for at least another year because the Packers franchise tagged him 
They mm-hmm. franchise him, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, the other big news for sure in the NFL is Russell Wilson gets traded to Denver. How monumental is that in the scheme of the NFL? Like, because we saw Russell, we saw Seattle. Seattle's been a great football team for the past while now, you know, five years or whatever. Won a Super Bowl. Famously lost a Super Bowl, you know, with, with uh, and the team kind of broke apart. But now you get a blockbuster deal. So does Russell Wilson going to Denver make Denver the AFC elite, like like the team in, in the AFC? Or is Russell Wilson kind of like in the twilight and Denver – gave away way too much for a quarterback who isn't that great anymore. And Dan, I'll start with you on the, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, just in the whole case with Russell Wilson, the Seahawks, like when they won those, won that Super Bowl, almost won the other one should have won it against the Patriots. Like everything came together perfectly for them. Like they had all those guys in their prime. They had the Legion of Doom defense, um, but as time went on, kind of all those pieces started to deteriorate around Russell Wilson and the team that they had around kind of deteriorated and collapsed. And it was really just him. And then last year, um, you know, with the injury, he was out for what, six, seven weeks in the middle of the season. I think if he doesn't get injured, I think maybe Seattle maybe contend for a playoff spot, but with him getting injured, it kind of, you know, obviously threw that out the window, but I, I still think he's a fantastic quarterback. I still think he's an elite quarterback, top 10 quarterback. So him going to Denver, I think, definitely puts Denver in the mix, but you said, do you think that makes Denver the elite? Do you think that makes Denver the top team in the AFC? I don't think they're the top team in their own division. I still think it's the Chiefs. Um, I still think Mahomes is the best quarterback, but it definitely puts them in, in the conversation as one of the top teams um, and definitely a team that they're going to, they're going to give the Chiefs a run for their money. I still would pick the Chiefs to win the division. I still, after this, I saw the, uh, the gambling lines for the AFC West division. The Chiefs are still the favorite, but it, the line definitely changed quite a bit. Um, for both the Chiefs yeah. and the Broncos. Um, the Broncos are definitely kind of, you know, going to cut in a little bit. Give, you know, give them, like I said, give them a run for their money, but I still think the Chiefs are the best team in that division and the best team in the AFC. Yeah, you look at that Broncos, you look at that Broncos offense, though, man, when you get Russell Wilson with all those young wide receivers and a um, great young running back, I mean, they got a strong team. But uh, so, Joe, I want to ask you, Given what Seattle got for Russell Wilson, did the Lions get fleeced now for what they got for Stafford? And obviously what Stafford did, you know, what the Rams did. The Rams got the quarterback. Stafford, they they made a huge trade, a lot of draft capital, and won the Super Bowl. But looking at what Denver gave up to get Russell Wilson – did the Lions get fleeced? I don't know if they got fleeced. I mean, we all were happy about the trade and thought it was a good trade. Um, the difference, I think, a little bit is the quarterback. I think golf is a lot better of a quarterback than uh, – uh, what's his name? Um, 
Lock. from Denver. What what's oh, his Drew name? Lock. Lock. Yeah. Lock. Yeah. yeah. Drew Lock. So I think that. Yeah. 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 And they, they they both got two first round picks. I was trying to remember exactly what else they got, but didn't they get a couple other picks thrown in there? Um, the Lions, okay, well, the Lions got two first rounds. Yeah. Jer- and Jared Goff, and what, like, I think a third round, like a, like two firsts, a third, and, and Goff. And um, yeah. now Denver, oh, man, they gave up two firsts. Yeah, they two got two seconds, firsts, two seconds. Yeah. Fifth round. And three players that they gave up, Drew Locke, North Fant, and then, um, Two firsts and two seconds, mm-hmm. and a fifth for Russell Wilson and a fourth round pick. Um, Denver's getting a fourth round pick from Seattle. yeah, they kind of just kind of swap and, those um, picks. It's basically just so if you just yeah, basically, four. but if you look at that, how much more? So, how much of a when you look at Matt Stafford and you look at Russell Wilson, and then you look at the trade value for that, mm-hmm. whew, I don't know, man. I think the Lions. Didn't get enough for Stafford now, but it was a it's a year removed now. You know, look at what it's Stafford year, look at what Stafford's yeah. credentials compared to Russell Wilson's credentials. Correct. Going, into, going into each trip. Yeah, that's true. Stafford had never won a playoff game, never mm-hmm. won a division, yeah. never won a playoff game. Now, obviously, it's yeah. a team game. It's not all on him, obviously, but just from a from a credential standpoint, Russell Wilson has a lot more to offer. I was surprised that Russell Wilson did get that much for him. I didn't think they were going to trade him, but. I guess I kind of after seeing them this year, and I know you thought, Dan, they, they could have pushed for a playoff spot if he didn't get hurt, but it does seem like he's pretty much their whole team. So I kind of see yeah. like it's time for them to rebuild. Um, so I'd see why they traded them because I think they're going to start rebuilding. But, you know, to, to like you said, different years, different trades. I don't think the Lions got fleeced. We were all happy about it, you know, in general. Yeah. I just couldn't remember the other picks, but. Yeah, I was surprised how much they actually got for Russell Wilson. I mean, I looked at his contract, and he's got two years left and $35 million each year. So that's kind of cheap, especially with what you see Rodgers. And, you know, Stafford's going to have to re-sign for a huge contract also, you know, coming up next year. So it'll probably happen this year sometime. So I I think he – I think I, I heard something. I'm not sure if it was official, but I think there's definitely talks of, of oh, yeah, Stafford sure resigning a major deal with the Rams. But look, fellas, I want to switch gears a bit because um, there was a lot of movement today, not just the two quarterbacks, but um, we had the combine this past weekend. And there were some players that really showed out, especially the wide receivers. So, and then the other thing is, like, with free agent franchise tags uh, going off today, there was a few moves made. And a big topic that I want to talk about is the Lions wide receiver situation. And what do they do now? Now, so obviously today they uh, they re-signed Josh Reynolds for two years, 12 men. Um not a blockbuster move by any means, <laughs> but some some major moves today because the Lions are obviously in the market either to draft a wide receiver or to sign a wide receiver in free agency or possibly both. Um, so some moves made today. Uh, Godwin out of Tampa Bay got franchised. Uh, Devonta Adams got franchised. 
Um, but where do you where do you guys see the Lions right now in their wide receiver situation? And um, Dan, do you think the Lions should go out for a guy like Amari Cooper or Allen Robinson? Uh, Amari Cooper from Dallas, who they might just cut him. I know there's some dysfunction there between. Um, they just cleared twenty Amari million Cooper and Dallas. Caps. Yeah, Dallas. Yeah. Today, like well, today or yesterday. I know he's got a big uh, cap hit against him, and I know um, Jerry Jones ain't too happy with Amari Cooper personally about some vaccination stuff, you know. Um, but anyway, with that, like, where should the Lions move? with this wide receiver situation and is there even reason to bring in a big name wide receiver right now when you have when you got um St. Brown you know Cephas he got hurt but he was looking great coming up um this season until he did get hurt he looked like he was really coming along in um Josh Reynolds who yeah well yeah he's tight end but yeah he's definitely he's gonna catch the ball pass catcher but so so that's what i'm saying so how high should the lions go as far as drafting a wide receiver how much stock should they put in trying to get a big name wide receiver through free agency or the trade market and a name that's getting brought up right now since the big russell wilson trade move dk metcalf could dk metcalf be a target for the lions in a trade situation so a lot to uncover there, but so Dan, I'll start with you. And then Joe, I just want you to kind of retort after what Dan says on this, on all those wide receiver situations, because it's a big need for the lions. And there's a lot of moves that could possibly be made. So I would start with Amari Cooper. That would be my, the number one guy I'd go after. And again, with the story with any of these guys, any of these free agents, they got to want to come here too. I mean, that's, that's part of the issue as well. So you can't just say, Oh, why didn't they go? I hate when fans say, well, why didn't they try hard to go get one of these free agents? Well, maybe they did. And he just didn't want to come here, you know? So that, that happens too. But I would definitely, if I'm the lions, I'm definitely trying to get Amari Cooper. That would be my first really? target, first target for sure. And then if, if that doesn't work out, um, like you said, DK Metcalf possibly maybe getting traded, you see what, what Seattle wants from him. I'm, I'm guessing they're going to probably want a lot. But the Lions do have a lot of a lot of tra- draft oh, capital. First router at least. For yeah. sure. For sure. You're, def- you're definitely not going to give up your number two overall pick. But maybe, you know, maybe you give up the yeah. Rams pick and a third round or something though, like that. Yeah. And I don't I don't know what the Seattle would want. It, and that would obviously be the discussion yeah. there. But you definitely you definitely looked into all these guys. Then the other guy is Allen Robinson. Really bad year yeah. last year. Um struggle struggle with injuries when he was on the field, just did not perform. A lot of it has to do with the Bears just being dysfunctional offensively. Their quarterback situation was a disaster. Their whole offense was a disaster. The coaching situation was a disaster. The Bears were just a disaster in general. So I mean that that has a lot yeah. to do with it too. But before that, Allen Robinson was was a Pro Bowl caliber receiver. And he's also from here yeah. with the Orchard Lake St. Mary's. So that is a guy I definitely would think about. You know, it, you're going to have to do your research and, and see like this was last year just, you know, an anomaly was, is he still the guy that he, he was a few years ago? You know, if he can be, if he can be that Pro Bowl caliber receiver, he, maybe he would want to come back home and play for the Lions, play for the hometown team. Well, look, so. Dan, okay. 
I just want to cut in real quick about Allen Robinson. What kind of money would you give him? Because yeah. like these top receivers Good are getting question. franchised for twenty million a year. Would you give Allen Robinson twenty million a year for four years? Yes, that's the thing. I that's I, what he's going to want. Personally, least. I wouldn't. I wouldn't because last year was just he didn't look good. He didn't look good. But a lot of that could have been the injuries and a lot of that could have been on the offense in, in, in the situation that was going on with Chicago. I mean, you look at the four or five years previous to that, he was a stud. So, I mean, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough to say. I, I that Last year, definitely, I got to imagine hurt Allen Robinson quite a bit in terms of the amount of money he's going to get. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you maybe, maybe you can get a hometown deal. I don't know. You know, let him, that's what, you know, he's definitely somebody to consider, but it's got to be for the right price tag. And then when it comes to the draft, I'm definitely not using the top two pick. And I don't think I would use a first round pick on a receiver. I think I would use that, that, uh, what number 34 the overall, second first, round, second round yeah, pick 34, yeah, the second pick in the uh, yeah. second round. Cause there's so many good receivers out there in this draft. Yeah, it's yeah. so red receiver, you know, heavy that I, you can still get a really, really good receiver uh, in the second round. So if there's a, yeah. when it comes to the draft, I would wait till the second round, but I would definitely take one with one of their first three picks. And then when it comes to the free agents, Amari Cooper, I'm going hard for. That's that's the guy I would want. If yeah. I'm and Joe, yeah, like, I kind of agree I mean, and disagree with, with our, Yeah, For sure. I mean, I kind of agree with I disagree with going for Amari Cooper. I just think he's too. He's going to want uh, be too big of a price tag. Um, I'm kind of you know me. I'm cheap, especially with with signing players. So I I would more go for an Allen Robinson if you can get him at a good deal. I do like our young wide receivers uh, that we do have, Cephas, and you know we talked about him, St. Brown, and even you know Hawkinson's probably going to be one of our number one targets. So I would. I, I agree more with his take a wide receiver in the second round with like the 34th pick, try to build the line more, get a, a linebacker with those first couple picks in the first round. But I don't want to go out. I don't think we're ready to spend money on a free agent wide receiver, especially a lot. I, I think, you know, if we get someone a little cheaper, then, then uh, that's who to go for because I do like our young wide receiver core. Yeah. You know, I, I think if you do that, you, go ahead. I was going to say, what would you think about trading our first, second round pick, thir- pick 34, and then some other throw-ins for DK Metcalf? Um, I like, I really love Metcalf as a player. I think he's a beast. He's an animal. But I just, yeah. like I said, I don't think we're at that stage now. I think we need to get these young draft I mean, I know my calf is pretty young. It's what third year in the league. So I, I just think we just need to get these young guys and kind of get them together. Cause you need to get everybody on the same page at the same time. You know, Metcalf, I don't know what his contract is, but you know, he's going to need and want a lot of money very soon. So yeah. I think we need to yeah. try to draft a, a, a nice wide receiver to fit in with our young wide receiver core. And, uh, you know, we're not ready to win the Super Bowl. We're not ready to pace, you know, wide receiver, ton of money to come here. Um, we just need to build still more. And then, you know, maybe the next year or the, or the following year is when we go for it. Well, let me ask you this. I, I don't mean taking things off track a little bit, but you look at the Lions. I mean, what do you think they need to order to be on track to be close to contending for at least a playoff spot and if you're contending for a playoff spot you're contending for a super bowl because you're in the playoffs you're in, you got a shot i think they need a lot 
Yeah, um, I know. A know? lot, man. So that's why. But really, I don't but like, what? I mean, I mean, think about it. Though. Yeah. Like, what no, what position? Like, they, they don't need like, anybody on the offensive line, right? I mean, their offensive yeah. line is set, mm-hmm. right? Their running backs. Let are me set. take this one, man. All right, all right. Look, I think it starts with the quarterback for sure, and I think when you traded Stafford and got Goff back, he never was going to be the answer. So it starts at quarterback. So until we get a quarterback, it's gonna be a process. But now the Lions, they that's what it was a it's a full blown rebuild. So you gotta build up around and the offensive line is already like you said, build up around already who? pretty sad. We gotta build up build around offensive who? line. Defense, defensive <laughs> line. That's you the know, question think- mark. No, build up around a quarter, build a team. You got to build up a team, then you get that young quarterback. So don't you think a young quarterback? When are they going to get the young quarterback? What Cincinnati is doing, what what, what, uh, Kansas City is doing, what what San Diego is doing. You build a team around a young quarterback. So you build a team first, and then you get that young quarterback who – Don't you think a young quarterback is going to run a stud receiver? That's part of building up the team. Yeah, exactly. We drafted so I, a stud receiver in the fourth round last year. One. That's one. You have one. one you have one receiver. Yeah. One. So we got to get more. But yeah, get more exactly. But that's how. But you, you, we, we need more defense though too. Like, because you're going to have what to they're stop on using these guys two at on. some point. They're going to use the number two pick on a, a defensive defensive lineman, right? Yeah. Hopefully, I mean Hopefully. that's what we all think right now. Well, I know it's the Lions. Now, Dan, I know, I know what you're saying, but we don't. I don't think Jared Goff is. The, I mean, how do you say Jared Goff is not the guy that can lead you to a Super Bowl when Jared Goff has led a, or at least quarterbacked a team to a Super Bowl? So, well, that's that's what I, that's why I brought up this question, right? Because the, it's, the it's question a hard is question to answer. If, you Dan, build it, if you're going to build, because, if Jared Goff's going to be the quarterback next year. Then you should be built. You should you can build a team around him if you think he has yeah. an opportunity to go to a, to make a run. If he has a team built around him, and if you're going to build a team around him, then there's receivers out there you should be going to try to get. Yeah, I know. And receiver is obviously receiver last season. It was dismal, man. Especially you said we when... should sign one and should we draft yes, one? Yes, sign both? one and get one. St. Brown should be in the slot. Get you Allen Robinson, like get you Amari Cooper and draft high. Like, imagine Chris Olave in a Lions jersey. I would hate it because he's he's from that team down south. But you get past that when they put the Honolulu blue and silver on. So I would be down with Chris Olave. I would be down with, with a lot of these receivers. And then they said that this, this receiver core coming out of the draft is – as deep as it's been in years, if ever, to be honest. And there's so many out there. So you don't even have to go as high as 32 or 34. You might be able to get one in the third round. And now, and this is going to be Brad Holmes' second draft. He looked pretty good at what he did in his first draft. So I'm kind of excited to see what he does. And I wonder how much stock he's going to take in the wide receiver position, knowing how important it is. But at the same time, you hate to say it, but these wide receivers, man, they're a dime a dozen, you know? 
some not the great never one. really not the, yeah not the great yeah ones. Not, the they, great not the top tier one not the great one but that's a, the mean, josh that's reynolds cool, the josh reynolds position. of the world yes those are dimes a dozen yes yeah. those guys are those are you know number four receivers yeah, you're right. yeah. those are a dime randy dozen. moss jerry rice they're not a dime a dozen do you not like cfist you know, do not think he'll be that good dan i i haven't I seen like enough Cephas i haven't seen lot. enough I yeah seen i mean to say what i've seen of them i like really I do like him, what I've seen of him so far. I think yeah. he could be a number three, you know, with the St. Brown as a number two. Yeah. And then Brown Brown just flat. Cephas can be – Cephas isn't that – He's number one, as you know, fast second round. He's a, he's a big dude, but he could be a he could be a nice number two. The Lions don't have that number one. I think – see, I, I want to see him go get Allen Robinson. I do. And – Dan, I'm on the same like train with you. Price to has honest, to be right. get, if you could get a good wide receiver in that second round with that 34 pick, I think that would be set. Let's switch gears, though, okay? That was a lot of talk on wide receivers. It's a very important <laughs> position. But another very important position that Lions need some work on is the defensive line. And there's a dude out there that Michigan fans – specifically we'll see in their nightmares <laughs> but, but and it's jordan davis out of georgia this dude is like eight foot five 420 pounds and runs a 4140 apparently <laughs> basically i could because if you were that's lining slow. up against him that's what it would feel like <laughs> it's this dude but he, but real talk okay so jordan davis did do something though he ran he did what he run like a four four something no and he did no, something like it was not over four, 300 four. it was like four it was actually it was 4.78 which yeah, four, is seven. incredible four, for seven, 350 yeah. yeah well okay yeah yeah that's, yeah, fa- four, that's seven, faster eight. than patrick mahomes yeah to compare it as a and he's 350 pounds defensive lineman that towers over other defensive linemen like, yeah the guy's a beast and like i just i'll never forget like just seeing this dude like just walking out on the field just big as hell like how do you defend this dude but so about jordan davis though why is he not talked about in the top two picks like thibodeau and Hutchinson arm if he's that big that strong that fast now that the whole world has seen why is he not the number one pick why is he not equal to Thibodeau and Hutchinson and should the Lions start looking at him over Thibodeau or Hutchinson at that number two pick well I'd say because in the NFL these days it's all about pass rushing more than even stopping the run. They used to be everything, stop the run, stop the run, stop the run. You know, it, but now it's all about the edge pass rushers and getting, you know, pressure on the quarterbacks. So that's why you're seeing uh, the defensive ends, the, the big time edge pass rushers being in the you know top five picks. Um, and then that's really what it is. I, 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 I would not have a problem with the Lions just said, hey, we're going to take this guy. We're going to take Jordan Davis with the number two pick. I would not have a problem with it because having a stud in the middle like that would be huge. Because he demands a double team every time. But to answer your question, that is why. It's because teams are looking to defend the pass, and they're looking for big-time pass rushers. And Hutchinson and Thibodeau are the two best. What do you think about Jordan Davis, Joe? Would you would you be – have you seen this dude and his, his athletic ability and 
would you be okay with the Lions drafting him at number two? Um, I don't know if I'd like him at number two. I mean, he is a beast, and that is crazy that he can run that fast. Um, you know, it is impressive. But like Dan said, you got to get after the quarterback. Uh, but the one guy I looked up, I looked up to see who the fastest was, and the fastest was a Khalil Davis. And he was drafted two years ago, and he's been cut already twice. So, and he's on his third team. So, yeah, I mean, he's not as big. I think he was like 310 pounds. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't think that's the end-all, be-all stat is the speed of your offensive line. Yeah. It that definitely helps. Well, I he's, mean, I mean, he's a, de- he's a defense line, but he's, he's a defensive tackle. But Yeah, he's inside, I, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like, it, I, I would still – like I said, I, I would be fine with them if they took him with number two, just because he can be so dominant inside. But he's not—he's not an Aaron Donald, where Aaron Donald can defend the run and also get after the pass rusher from the defense tackle position. Jordan Davis isn't going to do that at mm. that level. I think he still—he can—he can a little bit, but not at the level of like an Aaron. Donald. Did his forty time kind of show that though, or is it just? Do people put too much stock into? 40 times and scouting combine physical attributes because there is a difference between what you can do without pads and then game speed, oh, 100%. right yeah. it's just it's just one it's one tool of many tools that the teams look at but it definitely stood out but I, what stood out more to me is actually watching him you know if you actually watch him during a game and see how he yeah. can get sideline to sideline it's yeah it's impressive for a guy that size now the question with him um, it was more in the first Alabama game, um, the SEC championship that uh, Georgia lost, where you saw him really huffing and puffing, man, hands on the hips when Alabama was going no huddle and going fast pace. Um, those are concerns. There might be some conditioning yeah. concerns with him. Um, can he play every down, you know, or is he just going to be more of a run? Well, he's not. He, he's pretty much known as a two down. Yeah, that's what lineman. I'm saying. He's more, yeah. he's more of a run stuffing defensive yeah. tackle, but he has the athletic obviously the athletic ability to be a pass rusher. So, I mean, so I, I would say that would be the biggest issue I think with teams would look at is, is this conditioning. Cause if you can be a three down player and get after the quarterback in a third and long and not be a player that you take off the field on third and longs, he definitely has the caliber to be a top 10 pick right now. I'm seeing yeah. the match drafts I've been seeing since after the combine or he's anywhere between like 10 and 20. Um, but you never know though. I mean, we still got time until the draft that he could start moving up, you know, as you know, as you know, all the journalists start hearing things from different teams. You know, he he might move up the draft board. Who knows? We'll see. Absolutely. But um, but he's definitely, definitely somebody make like it move up. He's definitely yeah. in the conversation now. He, I don't think he was in the yeah. conversation for the Lions before. Um, I think after the combine, after everybody's kind of like, yeah, well, what about Jordan Davis? Well, maybe he is a candidate. <laughs> yeah. I think he's in the conversation now. But I think at the end of the day, it's still going to be between Hutchinson and Thibodeau, and who the Lions like more between yeah. the two of those. Absolutely. All right, fellas, let's switch some gears here. Um, it is March. Um, there are other sports than football. I know I don't always like to admit that, you know, but there's other things in life other than football. So let's oh, discuss some minute? of these things. Yes. No, I last minute. I checked, the wings were losing eight to one or some something today. So we're gonna we're gonna have to be clear though, there's nothing there's nothing in the world other than sports. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, at least on this podcast. Exactly. 
But I am. I was always a kid, man. I get past the first page. You get past the politics section. You don't get past right the, the sports. right to the sports section, man. That's the only thing I cared about. Um, <laughs> with that said, let's talk about something that's super annoying to me, and that's baseball. Stupid, stupid baseball. And then I, I'm just like I don't. Ah, I'm just mad. Like, why are these millionaires and these billionaires arguing about pennies on the dollar? And is that what it is? Because the average, I get, I would say the below average, the, the average sports person who baseball isn't even their first, second, or maybe even third sport is looking at all. Oh, here go these millionaires arguing with the billionaires again. Like, and now they just they cancel the first week of baseball and they're about to ruin my april 8th which was supposed to be opening day in detroit followed by the jack white opening concert of his new tour it was the perfect day for me and these idiots are ruining it why why dan why is baseball locked out and why are these people so stupid (laughs) man so there's so many things with baseball that are wrong right now. And I, I think that's that's the issue is there's so many things that need to be fixed to fix the game and to make it, you know, viable long term. And there's there's so many issues that need to be addressed. And I think that's and they're so far, you know, the the players association and the owners are so far apart on all these issues. That's why it's 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 such a problem. The problem I have with it, like we all knew that. We all knew that. Why are you waiting to the last couple of days to finally talk? Why, why weren't you doing this months ago? As soon as the season ended, they should have been talking. It should have been 12 hours a day, meaning every single day until this thing is done. Like, I don't care. Like fans don't care. They don't care about the millions of dollars. They just want to watch baseball. Like, and I brought it up, like nothing yeah. else matters except sports, but as a joke, right? There is so much going on. Sports is our getaway. Like, we, you know, we, we yeah. want to get away from the everything that's going on in the world. We want to just watch a baseball game for three hours, you know, and get away from everything. And they're taking that away from us. Like, it's it's ridiculous. And in the fact that where baseball is right now, the worst thing they could possibly do is cancel games. Like, you look at, like, and we're going to talk about the, the belly sports situation. That's, that's killing them right now, too. But you look like 18 to 45-year-olds, right? Like, they're not they're they're losing that group of fans which is the most important in terms of ad revenue in terms of merchandise in terms of all of it right those are the people you're trying to get it's the ages 18 to 45 and they're losing them because the game is too slow the games take too long and they're not evolving with the times and now you combine it with the fact that they're going to be canceling games and go on strike people are just like okay well fine i'll go watch netflix i'll go watch the nba i'll watch the nhl you know there's so many options in terms of entertainment they're going to just continue to lose more and more and more of those fans, which they cannot, they can't absorb right now. Like they need to be gaining fans, not losing fans. And one of my favorite lines from one of my favorite movies um, is, is from Moneyball. The, the, the quote is evolve or die, evolve or die. Yeah. Baseball has not yeah. evolved. They refuse They're doing football. the opposite they, yeah. they, 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 because they don't want to change because the, you know, the purists don't want to change the game. You know, they don't want to change things with the game. They don't want to put pitch clocks in. They, you know, they don't want to change all the little things that that have made baseball take so much longer. The game takes so much longer. And it's killing them. 
it's because you ask you ask you ask a kid or you ask you know somebody in the early 20s like hey are you a baseball fan nah not really why you ask them why yeah, it's just too long it's boring it's boring yeah that's boring. what you get. Yeah. that's that's the number one thing it's boring and it takes too long like speed the game up like there's like i said there's so many things wrong Whoa. with the game that need to be fixed and they just refuse to fix those issues and the ml and they're if they're going to cancel games i'm telling you it's going to be a huge, huge blow to the game. And they're going to lose the, the last time they went on strike. I think they lost like 10 to 15% of their fan base. Yeah. And yeah. if they do it this time, this day and age, like they are going to extremely hurt their, their, their game. It really is. And that's what I'm saying. So Joe, did. real quick. Oh, hold up. Yeah. Cause I want to answer this. Um, Cause I know hockey's here. Like, well, football, like all three of us are, football but like you're high you're a hockey guy i'm a basketball guy and then you're a baseball guy but i but i i like baseball and i don't know joe you like baseball too but how heartbroken would you actually be like if they cancel baseball for the whole year and how concerned are you about baseball right now is is it even on your radar as a sports fan or like I do just like, eh, if they play, they play. If they don't, they don't. I really don't care. I'm starting to get to that point, you know, because it is annoying with them, you know, striking again. It's like this happened before. And like Dan said, they didn't lose a lot of their fan base before. It hurt hockey back in the day when when they went on strike yeah. as well. So, yeah, you're, you're going to lose some of your fans. It's definitely going, going to hurt you. And, yeah, I, I don't really care that much about it as I – as I used to part of it, part of it is because of um, a few reasons. One is it not being on TV Two, um, you know, it not being the Tigers, not being good baseball team, you know, because they're starting to get a little bit better, but you know, it's, it's a few different reasons. And then now they're on strike. And it's like, yeah, there's no salary cap in baseball and they want to raise it even higher, you know, so they can make more money. And it's like, you need to do the opposite and put a salary cap in because you're losing all these fans and, and you're not gaining all these younger, this young generation. So I think they need to go the opposite way and kind of restrict things. Cause I think eventually it's going to catch up to them and there's going to be even bigger problems in baseball. Yeah. Now both of you guys, I want to ask, cause one thing about the game and this is more of a, um, um, like a detail but a big argument is about the shift what do you guys think and now dan i'll start with you but i want to get your opinion on it too joe because it is an interesting thing because it's part of the game and lately it's become a bigger part of the game and you watch a baseball game and all of a sudden some guy was like in the seven eight or nine hole they put the shift on and this dude immediately grounds out to someone you know it's going to happen everybody knows it's going to happen and then it happens but is that just defense or is it the hitter's job to hit it somewhere else and should the shift be eliminated and then then i want to hear your part and then joe i want to hear you respond on that too because i think that the i think both of you will have some interesting to say about this weird dynamic in baseball because there's nothing like that in sports. It's not like yeah, I, in basketball, you just 
put the whole basketball team on one side of the court and let the other guy dribble on, on the other side in football. You, you, you can't, you, you can't, I mean, you kind of can, yes, can overload, I guess, in certain aspects, but not, not to the extreme amount yes. of what the shift is. Yes, you can. Okay. Well, so uh, that's, oh, I'm going to jump okay, right yeah, in. Okay. Yeah, okay. Dan. So yeah. I, I, I am totally for the shift. I think it should stay in. I think it's ridiculous that they want to take it out. If you're a hitter and they shift completely to the right side and they have the whole left side of the diamond open for you, learn how to hit to the left. Mm-hmm. Like be a more balanced hitter. Like this should be taught through, through like little league up until you become a major leaguer. Like you got to be a balanced hitter. Like that's, that's, that's it. Like be a balanced hitter. And you and I've heard this argument. Oh, you can't, they don't have anything like the shift in the NFL. What, what are you talking about? When you got a dominant run game, what, you, you put eight guys in the box. You bring a safety up yeah. into the box. Like, right. You, you have single coverage on the receivers. Well, go to your receivers. Your receivers got to be good enough to beat the corner. You know, like that's because they're, they're forcing you to throw the ball one-on-one with your receiver. Your receiver's got to be good enough to go beat that corner. Just in baseball, if they have the shift, your hitter's got to be good enough to hit the ball to the left side. If they're going to shift completely to the right, like it's as simple as that. That's scheme. That's, that's good strategy from the coaches, like putting defenders in spots to try to take, take what you, what you do best away. And you got to adjust as a hitter. If, if they're going to play like that and there's no third baseman, bunt. Bunt down the third baseline and run it out. Like there's different things to beat it. That's not the that is so far away from being a problem in the game. Like it's unbelievable. And people are saying like, oh, baseball is becoming just strikeouts and home runs. Awesome! Like strikeouts and home runs are exciting <laughs> as hell. Like that's some of the most exciting stuff of baseball. Like if it's just strikeouts and home runs, sweet. It's exciting. <laughs> like. I, I, walks and like long pitch counts and foul ball after foul ball foul ball and the pitcher walking around and the hitter adjusting his gloves that's the shit that needs to be taken out of the game not the shift what the shift is not a problem baseball i mean shift aside but all the things in, about baseball and then trying to speed up the game isn't it just part of the game? Isn't that what baseball? Baseball no. is baseball. Baseball's been around for a hundred years, man. Yeah, like, and it used to take like a half an hour less per game. Like that's the. I mean, you need to game. you need to tighten your yeah. gloves after every swing, right? I mean, they get a just oh, you got you got to adjust single your time, dude. You know, the pitcher but walking Joe, around the mound after every pitch. That yeah. that shit needs Joe, to be gone. Yeah. That's what's killing I the game. You. It should be pitch after pitch after pitch after pitch. Let's go. Like, I, I remember what time, you, last time you and I went to a game, Tom. I actually pointed it out. Yeah. I said, there, I said, Tom, watch this. And I'm like, look at the pitcher walk around the mound. Now watch the, watch the hitter. See how he's adjusting his gloves every time. Look at all this wasted time, wasted time, wasted time, wasted time. Over and over and over each pitch. Like, it's at least a half yeah. an hour per game that could be cut out if they take all that crap away and put pitch clocks in and force the hitters. Once they're under the box, you're in the box. You can't get out of the box and adjust everything. Stay in the box. Yeah. But man, baseball's always been baseball's always been slow. Like, why? I agree with Dan though about baseball. The you go to the ballpark, man. You spend the day. You're going there to spend the day. It's not like a. It's not about. Game but that's not what that's not what it's about anymore. Like, it's about TV ratings. No. It's about TV ratings. Like they need they need people to watch on TV. That's how you grow fans. Like, and people don't want to watch this on TV. There's so many things on TV to watch. Like, like I said earlier, evolve or die. They have to evolve. It has Dan, to, in the NBA basketball game, game only lasts up. two hours. Listen, the, an NBA basketball game only lasts two hours. Yet people 
only tune in for the last two minutes, you know, because the most exciting part of a basketball game is the last two minutes. Like, but can I ask, back to the shift? Jump Joe, in for a second, Joe, just get my input in this. Like the only, I'm, I I totally agree with Dan. If you can't beat it, then that's on you. If it's in the game, that's fine to do. You need to look, find a way to beat that. The only thing I could think of in hockey is like the left wing lock that the wings used to do, but it's the just, le- you yeah, play, the left wing lock. You yeah. got to play different. You know, you got to, you got to change your game. If you can't, you know, if the other team's stopping you, no matter what sport you're in. So for, for them to take that away because, Oh, this guy can't hit over there. I was, I played baseball my whole life and I was a hitter that could only hit to the left field. I couldn't, you know, hit the ball to the right field, unless it was a super fast pitcher and I was late on. But I, I wasn't never one of those hitters. But if I was a, a hitter and I knew that was like that, I would try to adjust my game so I could hit it to right field. But, you know, that stuff didn't happen back in the day. So to me, if it's you can't stop it, that's on you to figure out a way to beat it. Yeah. And then, so let's go on to like, like, like you said, Dan, I, if you're 40 years old and younger, you probably don't have cable television. You probably are streaming. And these, this, this badly sports situation is getting rough for us sports fans. I know myself, I subscribe to YouTube TV. So I don't get to watch Pistons games and Wings games and if they even play Tigers games. Now, I'm not – I've gone through this whole season with this, and I haven't broken. I haven't gone back to cable. Now, if the Wings and the Pistons were in a playoff push – Man, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I would break. What do you guys think about this, man? Like, because I think you guys are both in the same boat, right? You guys don't have cable, yeah? Yeah, I have YouTube TV so, as well, and it does suck. I can't watch any of the games. Like, we went out to the bar last week. That was the first time I watched a Wings game in a while, other than highlights. Yeah. And it sucks, and I've been trying to figure out ways. I did look into it, and, like, you can get it through direct TV streaming or AT&T streaming, but those are just as expensive as normal cable almost. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, when I first got YouTube TV, it had it. So I was fine with it. And then all of a sudden it disappeared not long after. So, um, you know, I was fine with it at first and then it disappeared. And I was, I'm pissed because I, I don't get to watch the sports and, and it's made me miss a lot because normally I'll sit back, watch a road news game. I'll put the tigers on and stuff like that. Yeah. But I haven't been able to do that. Recently. Especially with the ability to uh, like just a DVR game. So say you're working, you know, during game, you can go home at the night and just watch the game and at your own speed, man. But now you can't even do that at all. You can't, you, you know, you got to yeah. listen to it on the radio or go to a bar and it's, that ain't cool, man. Dan, what do you think? Like, do you think this is going to change in the future? Like, it, it has something has to change because these teams are losing their main demographic. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, there's a lot to unpack with this whole thing. So, 
like for us, it's, it used to be called Fox Sports Detroit, right? So that's what we yeah. kind of knew it as for forever. It was passports before that, but then it came. Yeah, hey, I was wondering. If you, so, uh, I don't think when you were alive, but it was yeah, passports. I was. Right? I was pretty young, but <laughs> but before the majority of our lives, so it's Pass been Fox Sports, Sports Detroit, baby. right? Yeah. So what happened was there's there's a group of regional sports networks. You know, I'll, I'll call it Fox Sports Detroit for now, just to, to simplify it. So Fox Sports Detroit was one of those. I think there's like 18 of them, 18 to 20 of them, and all those are packed together together, and the Fox owned them originally. I think they got sold, I want to say maybe to Disney. There was a there was a, a group in the middle of that. But then eventually who owns it now is, is a company called Sinclair. Sinclair. And Sinclair then changed the name to Bally Sports. So that's what it is now. It's Bally Sports Detroit. And from and what I understand. It's throughout the whole country though, right? Like this was like Bally Sports West. It's Bally, Bally Sports, Sports, yeah. Just like the Fox Sports. Yeah. Yeah. Like like said, about 18 to 20. Of them. Yeah. Regional right? Some sports, of them, yeah. like some, some sports markets have separate channels. Like, like in New York, it's the Yes Network. They're separate from like the New York Yankees. They got their own. Yeah. The Yankees have their own channel. Right? Yeah. The Yes like, Network. Yeah. So they're separate, obviously. They're not a part of that regional sports network package. But like I said, there's about 18 to 20 of them. They're together in Detroit. Yeah, one yeah. of them. Um, but when Sinclair yeah. bought it all, I think they're there. I think they just miscalculated on the whole thing. They thought they'd be able to make a lot more money from the streaming networks, probably a lot more money than they have been from the cable networks. And they're taking a huge loss as a company from the purchase of this regional sports network really? you know, now package. You, yes. You're taking all the huge loss. What, that, like... what I assume was the plan. And I believe this is the plan is for them to have their own streaming apps yeah. Uh, so like if you have like like I have Roku right so and I have you know you, that you have your Netflix you have your Hulu you have your you know, like YouTube TV or like I have Sling TV yeah. that I use for you know a version of cable through streaming is through Sling TV. Valley Sports has their own app as well, so they have the app they have the capability. So that's how you you can watch it now is you go to the you go to the Valley Sports app, but you have to have an account with your cable company and able to watch yeah. it. So what I assume is the long-term plan is that you'll be able to buy Bally Sports and then be able to stream all the networks. So I would see, so I would assume, like, hey, I would pay up to at least twenty dollars a month just for Bally Sports Detroit as the app to give me all the teams and all the games. And if you're Bally, if you're Bally or Sinclair, put more stuff on there. Like give me like they're already partnered with 971. Basically, 971 does all the the radio broadcast. Put the Mike Vellante show on there every every day. You know, put all the 971, make a partnership with them and put all their content content on there to watch special during the content, day. like like yeah, exactly. documentaries about documentaries. Players, yeah, there's so inside, much. Yeah, there's so inside much inside the Pistons. Do. You know, like when I read like, about it, they said it was coming early this year, but it's you know. It's not here. It's already February. They should have, they should have had it ready to go. This whole here. thing, it should have been $20, $20 well, to buy the app. As soon as they bought this whole thing. Like, yeah. Like as soon as yeah, Sinclair bought this, anymore. that should have been the plan from the get-go. They should have had the app ready. Yeah. They should have the whole thing ready. All the partnerships that they need to make, be ready to go and launch the thing and say, hey, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to have YouTube TV. If all you want to watch is sports, boom, you got, we got all your local sports right here. We got your Pistons. We got your Tigers. We got your Red Wings. It's all right here. Boom. $20 a month. Plus you're going to get all this, yeah. this other original content that's going to be on yeah. there as well. I, I'm telling you, every fan, every fan that's in our situation that is streaming would pay $20 a month. All three of us for would Valley do sports, that for, sure. for Valley Dude, sports. That's, that's right what I'm saying. 
thing is, so you know that there's people inside those offices that understand all this. Why the hell do you think it's not I don't know if already? they do. Like, I've, I've been fascinated over the last five years because I've gotten you know hugely involved in all this, right? And learning about advertising, learning about all this stuff. It is fascinating the amount of mistakes that billionaires are making. Because this whole thing with, with the content and the way content is moving towards streaming, it's a musical chairs right now. And it's a free for all. And these, these people have been in traditional television for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. They don't know how. And I, I bring it up again. My favorite quote from any movie, evolve or die. Mind blowing. A lot of man, these companies don't know how to evolve hey. in these changing times. They don't know how to do it. They don't, they just don't know how to do it. They're so stuck in their ways. They can't figure out how to evolve. And Sinclair is definitely one of those companies. I, I don't want to yeah. get too far into it, but if you look at um, professional wrestling, they had Sinclair owned Ring of Honor, right? In Ring of Honor, we, I don't know how much you know about it, know about it, Joe, but AEW is like the highest rated cable show on television or one of the highest rated cable shows on television. Sinclair owned all that. Like they had an opportunity to have the number one show on cable, but they didn't see what they even had under, under their own. Like they're beating the WWE right now. Mm. They're, they're competing with them. They're competing with yeah. Monday Night Raw. It's Monday Night Raw and AEW Dynamite are the top two rated shows every week. But the thing is that Sinclair had that. They had everything that AEW became. They had it under their roof and they didn't even see it. They didn't even mm. see it. They flat out came out and said like, well, we never thought Ring of Honor could could become a national brand. And Tony Khan did, and he started his own thing, and he got all the stars Ring of Honor, and he built AEW from scratch. And then now, three years down the road, he's bought Ring of Honor. He just did it last week. And Sinclair had all of it under their own umbrella, and now they just gave it all away. And they gave all that content that they had. They just they had 20 years of great wrestling content in a library under their own umbrella that they could have put on these new networks that they're going to try to put out. There, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. lot of wrestling fans that would have bought the, the let's say Valley Sports Detroit for $20 a month. Part of that could have been all the wrestling content they could have had. Because mm -hmm. there's an incredible amount of wrestling fans. Like this is how inept Sinclair is as a company. Like unbelievably, like my two favorite things are professional sports and wrestling. And Sinclair has completely mucked up the whole situation that they had for both things. It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible the amount of money that they yeah. have blown through by their idiotic mistakes. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, all right, fellas. Um, the last topic I want to touch on tonight is one of my personal favorites. It's March, baby. March <laughs> Madness. So you, if you guys... As long as you just put away your microphones and I can just talk myself. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys been watching? Are you, have you, did you guys catch the fact that I was on this this show and talked to Jerry Palm the other day about college basketball? Are you guys aware of that? Because <laughs> I did, and we are talking some March Madness, all right? And uh, specifically Michigan and Michigan State, man. Oh, baby. The, the Big Ten tournament is championship week, one of my favorite weeks because March Madness, the NCAA tournament is a whole lot of fun, but championship week, is it's something different, especially for these, these, these lower schools, these mid-majors where you could have ran your conference all year, but the only way you're getting into the dance is to, you got to win your conference tournament. So 
You guys, how excited are you for March Madness? And Michigan and Michigan State are both, looks like they're both going to be in the tournament, but neither of them are looking great, but they've both been so up and down. So this is a very interesting year for Michigan and Michigan State as far as college basketball goes. What are you guys thinking? Like, Joe, I'm going to start with you. It is March. Championship week is starting, which means the NCAA tournament starts next week. How excited are you this year for March Madness? Not that exciting because of how Michigan and Michigan State are. You know, that's who I normally root for, either of the two teams. So for how they look just going into the tournament this year, I'm not that excited. If they maybe, you know, one of the two teams comes out, wins the Big Ten tournament or something, might get me a little more excited. But I just don't feel like either of them are going to go deep this year. So um, it doesn't excite me at all. Does the fact that Michigan and Michigan State aren't, like, superstar teams this year, does that take away from your excitement from March Madness? Or are you just excited for March Madness in general? I mean, I'll, I'll enjoy the tournament, you know, just as much as any other year. I mean, it's always incredibly exciting, especially those first four days are just absolutely incredible. It's, it's must-watch television. But it's definitely a letdown yeah. that Michigan Michigan State aren't the teams that we expected them to be. Um, there's been, you know, there's past years where they've both been in the top 10 and you have these big time matchups and they're both battling for the big 10 title. And they're not in that situation this year. Um, they, they both had, you know, big time struggles and it's, it's like I said, it's been disappointing. You know, Michigan started in the top 10 um, in the preseason and then they just completely, completely fell off. And then Michigan state had a moment where they were in the top 10 and down the stretch here, they've, they've really struggled. Um, so from a local standpoint, and then you even take Michigan, Michigan State out of the picture. Usually we have some of the smaller schools that are that are up there and at least um, competing for their championships in their conference tournaments, if not winning the championship and getting into the tournament. And we don't have that this year either. I haven't checked on the MAC. Maybe, I don't know, Tom, if you've seen the MAC, if we have a local school um, going for one of those championships. But um, I know uh, you have no, UFD. Uh, and I know my boys from OU uh, lost to their uh, – so they're uh... – the Mac, yeah, I know Oakland and Detroit are both out, but I wasn't sure about the Mac. Yeah, so with the Mac, like, 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 you look at it, and Central is in it, but they got to play Toledo, who's the number one seed. Maybe Central can make a run and win it. And that could be fun, but, but you're right, man. Like, for me though, I I care about where Michigan and Michigan state are and can they make a run and all that. But for me, like March Madness is so much fun. I, I put it up there with the NFL playoffs. Uh, it's my two favorite times of the year. So it does not matter to me who's in, who's not. I mean, I, you always want Michigan, Michigan state, your directional teams. I always want my Grizzlies in there. But if they're not, it's not going to change the 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 flow of my energy and my excitement towards the NCAA tournament because the NCAA tournament is awesome and it always delivers. 
Have you ever remembered a year where the NCAA tournament wasn't awesome? <laughs> like, like the first, and like you said, Dan, the first two days, I mean, it's, it's, it's wall to wall. It's, for, it's from noon to midnight, straight basketball, buzzer beaters, thrillers. We finally, a couple years ago, got a 16 knocked out at number one. You know, and then that number one seed, Virginia, comes back and wins the whole thing the next year. Like, what a storyline that was. And, and you just, you got, you always got this. So Sister Jean, you know, you guys, like, you know the name, you know, because Sister Jean became a star, that that sweet little old lady from uh, out of uh, Chicago, you know, uh, Loyola, Loyola, Chicago, Loyola, Chicago. Right? Yeah, and my Wolverines did take them out, yes. you know, that one year. That, that was kind of hard to root for. You're like, oh, let's – Oh, yeah, it wasn't that hard. Them, but... yeah, it wasn't <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Sorry, Sister Jean, you got to go. <laughs> no blue. But uh, you know what I'm saying? But it's just storyline after storyline with March Madness, and it never fails. And especially if you got to uh, – you know, you're filling out your brackets, and that stuff so much fun. But I had – but I've always been – but this week, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you guys – I've always been a huge fan of championship week ever since when, when I was a little, little, little kid in watching us. Uh, like for me, it was the big East back in the day, man, like the big East championship, Madison square garden. And just, oh man, it was just, it was always so much fun. The big East championship was one of my favorite games to watch the AAC tournament, obviously the big 10, I mean, you got it. And then, like, what's what's even, like, as fun, if not more, is watching watching these uh, championship games in these smaller conferences where they know that they have to win their the game or they're out. And then you see some of these, I mean, there's buzzer beaters, but you're, you're watching these kids who didn't get into a major school but now they're on national TV and they're playing their, their mind out. And then you go back to some of these performances that people have had, I mean, you go back to history, like, like Stephen Curry, like what he did playing with Davidson, like, you know, like uh, John Morant with Murray state. Like, and, and you can just go on and on with some of these smaller schools, you know, it might be the one time, the whole year that they get on national TV, you know, and you watch this game and, and, it, and it's, it's, it's just fun, you know? So I love it. I'm glad it's March. I'm super excited about March Madness. I'm a little disappointed about, yeah, our Michigan and Michigan state, they might not be like perennial or, or, or what's the word? Like, like a super powerhouse this season, you know, they might not make a deep run, but, you, that's the thing about March Madness, baby. All you got to do is get in, and then you never know. So, you guys, I, I do you have any predictions? You want you want to just roll some dice and you know say like, like like what do you even think about this this tournament and this March Madness? I, I know it hasn't been on your guys' radar uh, this much, but it is time now, and the whole country is about to shift focus towards March Madness. So. You guys got any any predictions at all, or are you just like, are you about to catch up to speed just like the rest of America? Well, I'll say I'll say this: I, I don't. I'm not going to make any predictions or anything like that. I'll definitely do my research before the tournament and make my picks, and maybe you know, throw we'll throw a little bit of money at you know individual games. Or I think it might be some upsets yeah. and 
you know, kind of that to make it interesting. But I'm kind of looking more at Michigan and, and with Juwan Howard coming back for the Big Ten tournament, coming off the suspension and seeing kind of how the team comes together. Because they just, you know, they had a huge win over Ohio State yeah. without Hunter Dickinson, which was, I, I thought when he when they said he was out with food poisoning, I'm like, there's no way they're going to win this game. And now and I thought, you know, they're not going to win this game and they're going to be probably on the bubble. And they're going to be in serious trouble. And then they yeah. go out and win it without him on the road. Like, what a huge win that was. So mm. I'm kind of excited to see what well both of them both michigan michigan state do in the big 10 tournament and kind of see how they do and if either one you know either one or both can make a run in the big 10 tournament you know that kind of kind of changes the whole narrative for both teams you know because if they can make a good run in the big 10 tournament you never know maybe one of them can actually win it you know they kind of changes their they'll change their seating and it'll change kind of how everybody looks at them both locally and nationally in terms of um, potentially being a team that can make a surprise run because they have the pieces. I mean, like I said, both teams were in the top 10 at some point during the season. So they have the pieces. It's a question if they can put yeah, it all together beat, and make a run. Beat me good teams. They, they, yeah. Yeah. Both teams have looked great at times. And they both, both teams have looked, looked terrible at times too. At times. <laughs> so yeah. what do you think, Joe? What's your thought process on March Madness right now? Um, my thought process is to catch up this week, like most of America, <laughs> before the uh, before the tournament, see what happens, see where people fall, instead of trying to predict everything, because you never know what can happen, especially with these tournaments going on this week. So, you know, like Dan said, I'm a little bit interested in, in the, the Big Ten tournament, just in general, because me, that's, you know, how I am. I'm more of a Big Ten type of person. That's yeah. mainly what I pay attention to. So I'm interested in that, and uh, we'll see how that goes before uh, we start getting into the tournament. And I'll be honest, for me, usually it's right after the Super Bowl where I start getting real into it. And, and with Michigan and the whole Juwan Howard thing, it just – I was just kind of disgusted by what happened and that whole scene and everything that went down. I was just – it just kind of turned me off. I mean, my favorite team, I was kind of disgusted by the whole display of them. with you know, The way they played, for one – you know, they played terribly. And then in a team that in any game they really needed. And then for everything that went down in that game, I was just, you know, it, it really turned me off, you know, be honest with you, but they they've it's, it, it's a testament to, to Phil Martelli to what Michigan has done down the stretch. They won some big games yeah. and especially yeah. that Ohio state game. That was, I mean, really, really impressive that they were able to win that Ohio state game on the road. It really was. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I get you feel Martelli, what a job he's done in this uh situation. And I asked Jerry Palm about that. Like, could um Michigan losing Juwan Howard and, and the whole thing that shut down, could that help or hurt? Um and he kind of said, like, I know like basically it was like Phil Martelli really did come in and do a good job. It's basically what he said. But like the NCA isn't gonna like really look at that as as a factor. They they're really looking at wins and losses. And since Jawan Howard isn't a player, but it was because it, it's a very difficult situation to think about when because it's never happened before like that. Like like a team's never had to lose their head coach for five games, the last five games of the season like that. In a bubble team at that. They were a bubble yeah. team. Yeah. 
But lost the coach. a lot of these, a lot of teams don't have, don't, can't just have, oh, Phil Martelli, a legendary yeah. coach, just step in. And he kind of righted the ship. He, he calmed these, calmed the kids down. And I, man, like that, that just opens a whole Pandora's box of questions is, who actually should be the head coach of this no, basketball it's team, you know? It's Jawan Howard. It is really? Yeah. It's not like Phil Martelli is just going to go no... away. You know, he's yeah. still going to be right there on the bench. He's still going to be a part of every practice. He's still going to be there. It's not like he's gone. You know what I mean? It's not like John Howard's just going, okay, Phil, you're gone. You're out of here. Like, he's still yeah. an assistant coach. He's still like his, one of his right-hand men. Yeah. Like, he's going to be there. But I think it's a testament to the players come, kind of coming together, you know? They realize that, like, hey, it's an hour and ever situation. Like, we don't win these games. Like, we're not going to be in the tournament. Yeah. As simple as that. And then, I mean, and then obviously beating Michigan State, obviously, was the huge one. I mean, that was the big one where I think the team really came So they beat Michigan State. Yeah. But then they fell apart against Iowa the next, not the next day, but pretty much. It was like two that's, days that's, later. Tom, that's part of the story, too, is they had a bunch stretch. of games kind of all bunched together because of the schedule because yeah. they had missed games with COVID and everything. So yep. they had the games kind of really they close had to, Yeah, that Michigan State game was was uh, rescheduled yeah. into the mix of an already tough schedule like because of COVID and whatnot. And the part so of that, too, is, Tom, man, I'll like, say this. Was, I mean, this like, brings up a lot of things. Lines leading up. Yeah, so I was just going to say, yeah, yeah. like – Playing that type of condensed schedule down the stretch, it's going to help them because it's going to get them prepared for the tournament. You know, so they play that condensed exactly. schedule and then they're Guess going to go to the Big Ten yeah. tournament, which is game after game after game, night after night. Yep. And then you go into four the days tournament. in a row if you make it all the way. Yeah. yeah. So I, it might it might be a good thing. You know, look look looking back on it now. You know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with Michigan? They might get knocked out in the first round. Who knows? But if they do go on a major run, you know, we could look back at this and say, hey, maybe having that condensed schedule down down the stretch maybe helped them. Yeah. Well, fellas, it's been another good one. Um, I think we can wrap it up here. And, um, oh, man, so much. We unpacked a lot of stuff today, man. Isn't, sport, isn't talking sports awesome? <laughs> so much. I love it, man. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, for Dan, for Joe, my name is Tom. This is another episode of the Detroit Sports Sit Down. Um, 